TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Herbie, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Previously on the Lawrence Holmes Show. It seems so simple. And this has been a really big frustration of mine since the report came out and since Kyle Beach met the media that every time a Blackhawk in power, be it a player, be it a former coach, whatever is in front of a mic, they say the wrong thing. They say, well, you know, Stan's a really great guy and he was, did really good things for me. Even if you believe that, shut up, (laughs) keep it to yourself, show sympathy, show empathy, all those things. I don't, I don't understand how, they have failed at the microphone and in, in print so many times since this has happened. It's almost unbelievable. The right thing to do and the right thing to say is so easy. Like I said, that statement I made a moment ago, I made off at the top of my head. It's not hard to say the right thing, even yeah. if you don't believe it. Even if you feel like Kyle Beach's lawyers are asking for the world and it's ridiculous, you don't say it in something that's going to be made public. It's foolish. It's stupid. It accomplishes nothing. And I, I don't know why the Hawks have any sort of nerve putting up this this front of toughness. Defensive sort of? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or like, well, what you're asking is ridiculous. Well, no, it's not. Make me a bicycle clown. Man, Jay Zawoski was on the money about that. So have a lot of Blackhawks fans. You get it. Base drop! Welcome in. My name is Lawrence Holmes, and I'm here with you until 2 o'clock. We are going to hear from Steve Rosenblum at 125 about what's going on with the Blackhawks. But before that, we are going to talk with Joe. We flipped our guests. Usually Joe joins me after the first segment, and then Jason Leisure joins me at 1 o'clock. We are going to flip that today, and we are going to talk with Jason Leisure about the Bears and all of their hirings and everything else. In fact, we're going to do that next here on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. 
Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Let's go now, you fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Jason Leisure. I'm here in the studio at The Score. This is a very, very special honor for you. Co-host of the Sports Adjacent Podcast. I don't really like doing the radio, man. Yes. I don't like doing sports radio like the typical. That's why I've wanted to be on your show because your show is, uh, what's the word for it? Interesting. His takes will leave you speechless. It feels like there is some hateration and holleration in the century because I do feel like mm. Jason and, and Tony, there's a little bit of hate there. I'm not sure what holleration means. I just be upfront with that. I can figure out hateration. I'm not sure about holleration. Jason Leisure on the Lawrence Holmes Show on the Score. Oh, okay, so we got all of this stuff being redone by Rick Party. Shout out to Rick Party. Jason Leisure joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, they have an awesome sports book. If you were in Vegas, you should go there and hang out there because it's awesome. Jason Leisure covers the Bears for the Sun-Times. He is one half of the Sports Adjacent podcast, and he joins me now here on The Score. Mr. Leisure, how are you? Hello, Lawrence. I actually happen to be in Las Vegas right now. What are you doing in Las Vegas? Pro Bowl, baby. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that thing. With the Pro Bowl. So, I, I assume that most people do, and that's fine. But it is like a regular part of the coverage calendar. And uh, you got a couple of bears out here. So we get a chance to talk to uh, Jakeem Grant, the part-time, the, the punt returner they traded for in October. And I think he'll have lots of thoughts on how it all went wrong for the bears over the last seven years. But you do, yeah. have, you do have a lot. You do have guys, though, that are here that are very interesting to talk to. You have. A bunch of guys from Matt Eberflus's old team, the Colts. You have a bunch of guys from Ryan Pohl's old team, the Chiefs. So you are, you if you're the Bears, you are taking guys that have their fingerprints all over these rosters of the best players in the league. So that, that's a good thing for the Bears. Okay, then let's start with Ryan Poles. What have people who have worked with Ryan Poles said about him? You know, it's funny that you bring this up because, like, 15 minutes ago, I just was talking to the Honey Badger about him, and it was a total shot in the dark. It's not a player that I uh, have really ever talked to much. Maybe back when he was at LSU and I was covering Florida, I might have talked to him once or twice. And I just kind of a shot in the dark, like, hey, I pulled him aside. I was like, do you, do you know, did you get to know Ryan Poles at all? And he's like, oh, actually, yes. And he went on and on about Ryan Poles. He's like, you could tell by the way that guy walks that he was headed somewhere, that he was like, this was a guy that was always on the move, always like literally physically moving with purpose, and uh, a very serious, like, fast-rising, early-in-the-building type guy, uh, very complimentary of Ryan Poles today. He's a great guy to, to deal with, uh, like, on a personal level and understood football, could talk every, you know, scheme forever with him, just a guy that he really, really liked. That's great news because, you know, there, there are a lot of people who work in front offices that don't really have that type of relationship with players. I know, and, I know. And you, and you might be able to get like, 
oh, really nice guy. You know what I mean? Like that that would be the reaction that you would get from a player. But to go into detail about the details that that he provides, I think is really wonderful. Well, Matthew is a real smart player. He's a real, like, he's a thinker. So he understands the game. He understands the business and everything. And he was talking, he was, he was really like giving a critique of the job that Ryan Poles did. It was, you're, you're totally right with what you're saying. Um, you know, especially you get into like the number two and three in the personnel department, like Ryan Poles was in Kansas city. And again, like just grabbing, grabbing him for a minute, it was a total shot in the dark. Like, is he really, is he going to just like kind of give me a blank stare and be like, Oh yeah, cool guy. I uh, hope he does well. Or does he really know a guy? And um, it's, it's, it does sound promising to me that you, you, pulled player aside and he's got that kind of relationship with Ryan Poles that Ryan Poles would be intentional about something like that and uh you know I think I think it's one of the things the Bears like about him is he's going to be really hands-on what have you what did you think of what we saw from both guys in their hmm. introduction uh hmm well Ryan Poles seemed every bit of 36 in the press conference he seemed young in the press conference. And I don't – that's not a bad thing. Like, I don't think – I'm not making some judgment on how he'll do at his job. I'm guessing Ryan Poles has minimal experience in his life uh, with press conferences. And he seemed like somebody maybe doing his first press conference ever. But he seemed very serious. And uh, Matt Eberflus, I felt like I was in an office meeting. I felt like I worked at some, I worked at some – in some sales department, and Matt Eberflus had called us in, uh, and we're going to talk about all kinds of corporate speak, you know, measurables and projections and synergy, and uh, it, it had all the flavor and excitement of a conference room meeting. But the more I thought about that, I kind of liked it. And, and I know it got, it got almost into Michael Scott territory where he, when he had the acronym, the HITS acronym. Um, but – I kind of – the thing I liked about it, the thing where I felt like this could work is it did strike me as a very adult-to-adult way of running a football team and not so much Friday Night Lights, which is what they just had for the last four years. Right. And and I think that, that look, we look at press conferences maybe a little bit differently, and we do need to – it's important, I think, for context when talking about these things – these guys have never had a moment like this. Ryan Poles isn't sitting in Ever. front of a, a, a room full of people talking about vision, trying to be careful about his words. Same thing with Matt Eberflus. You're doing it kind of as a defensive coordinator, but not to that degree. So I, I want to give them their opportunity to figure out who they are. And I thought that in breakout sessions, whether it was with me or with other people that both of those guys came across better in communicating what it is that they want. I think so. I think that, uh, yeah, it, it's, I mean, that, <laughs> we're in the auditorium, which like they've never even do press conferences there unless it's something like this. So you're in a big auditorium. You got, I don't know if you could hear it um, on audio or video or whatever, but like if you heard kids kind of screaming and squawking and crying during the press conference, those are Paul's kids. I mean, you have the family in there. You have the, you have your wives and children. Um, it's not. It's a it's a big presentation. It's not what the day to day is going to be like there. And so I'm sitting there as a reporter trying to filter that and say, okay, what 
what am I going to draw from this that's real? And what, am, and what of this is just kind of like the press conference? So, like, for example, I just mentioned a few minutes ago, Ryan Pulse seeming very young in the press conference, just the way he carried himself. And, again, I, I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, it's okay to be young. Um, we're all young at one point. And I don't think that that is reflective of how he's going to do his job. I think, or, or of him being inexperienced or anything like that. I think it's reflective of a guy that's never had a big press conference ever, probably, ever, I would imagine. I, I'm guessing he's talked to the media before, but I'm guessing never a big press conference like that. And with Eberflus, it's the same thing. I'm trying to filter through, like, okay, what parts of this are going to be consistent behind the scenes? When he's not in the, at, the, at the podium and he's in the locker room or he's on the practice field with players, what parts of this are going to be consistent with him? And I think that that mellow understated, uh, you know, just straightforward, calm, boss-to-employee type manner that he has is going is part of his character. And I think that, again, I think that a, a serious business-like approach is really what the Bears need right now. It's going to be a good change for them. What have the folks down there told you about Matt Eberflus? Uh, that the press conference is, was reflective of what they saw for four years. Uh, I, one of the guys I pulled aside, this is not a name anybody's going to know, but um, Luke Rhodes is, the, is a linebacker and long snapper, I believe, for the Colts. Uh, but he'd been there long enough that he had had a lot of interactions with Matt Eberflus and knew him well and said, I, I was looking for some time when he ever heard, heard Matt Eberflus blow up on the practice field and he couldn't think of one he's like that's just not what he does he's it's really he really does run his side of the ball and that at that time now to be the full team but he really did run the Colts defense like he was running a business okay well I I walked away from my conversation with Eberflus I wouldn't say excited but I'm like okay I understand this type of coach I've covered this type of coach, and I know the type of defense that he's going to run. And yeah. it, it, it's there's a comfort level with it. What do you think of the idea of two things when it comes to what Eberflus said? One, that he's a, a defensive coach that is abdicating calling the defense. And two, he's a defensive coach that says that he wants to be a part of what's going on with his offense. Well, Lawrence, the last coach didn't call plays either, did he? Well, we would never know oh, because that, sometimes is that, not, would, is that not the same thing? Okay, you would, um, you would ask like him, it. and then he would be like, "We're not going to tell you, but maybe okay. Bill Lazor's there's, calling there's plays this one. week." There's point number one right there. You just laid it out. Like Matt Eberflus, day one, I'm not going to call plays because I'm not the defensive coordinator. Matt Nagy, like how many times in 2020 and 2021? Did we have to go round and round and round about who was calling plays this year, the first week or this past season, the first game that Bill Lazor called plays Matt Nagy was asked about it after the game. And like, it was this long rambling answer that never even said who was calling plays there. It was, a, it was a direct question about who was calling plays. And the answer was so vague and uh, unintelligible that there had to be a follow-up of, okay, so who was calling plays? And then he finally gave you, Oh, it's Bill Lazor. Uh, philosophically, I love that. I, I like that approach by Matt Eberflus of saying, I'm not a defensive coordinator anymore. I'm the head coach. It's a CEO-style approach to 
coaching the Bears. And he's not going to hire a defensive coordinator unless it's someone that he trusts to call plays. And he needs to be involved in this offense. That's one of the, the catches here of hiring a defensive coach. And you got to go one way or the other, pretty much. You're going to hire a defensive coach or an offensive coach. I know John Harbaugh would be an exception. But in general, you're going to hire a head coach that specializes in one side of the ball, and you're going to leave yourself open to instability on the other side of the ball because if Luke Getze does an amazing job this year, he's going to get hired to be a head coach somewhere. And if he does a terrible job, then you probably got to fire him and find somebody else. And so one way or another, you're going to prop Matt Eberflus for as long as he's coaching the bears, it's probably going to be cycling through offensive coordinators. So he better really know what's going on over there. If he wants to maintain stability and furthermore, Lawrence, as a defensive coach, as a guy who's been a defensive coach for 30 years, has never touched the offensive side of the ball. That is the number one thing he's going to be accountable for and is going to determine whether or not he keeps his job and how much he succeeds. The offense is the big problem here. And the offense and Justin Fields are what will dictate how well the Bears do under Matt Eberflus. So he better be ready to be involved in that and be accountable for that. And I like that he, not all the way down to the position coaches, plans on being involved. And he's gonna, Luke Getze is going to have a lot of say in who he brings in as his staff, but Matt Eberflus is going to be very involved even in that. Are you? Do you gamble at all? Not really. I'm not very good at it, and I like money, so that's a combination for not really gambling. Um, I think it'd be fun. Like, the gambling that sounds fun. I, I like playing poker with my friends, like Texas Hold'em and stuff like that, you know, for, for very low stakes. But uh, I think it would be fun on, like, a random college football Saturday or NFL Sunday or even just, like, a, a Thursday night in the NBA or Tuesday night in the NBA, just, you know, bet $10 on a bunch of games and sit in the sports book and watch them. What about you? What do you do? What do you do when you're out in Vegas? In, in Vegas, I'm a blackjack and craps guy. Like, uh, there's – to okay. me, as far as gambling goes, there's nothing like the energy of a craps table when it's rolling. It's a lot of fun, mm. but – that experience can go on for hours or it can be over in 10 minutes. My first gambling experience ever was when I was 19 and my friends and I went to a casino in Canada where the legal age to do that is 19. Pretty much you can do anything. If you're 19, you can do pretty much anything in Canada except litter. Um, I went in with a bunch of like purple and blue money and lost it all in an hour and didn't know how much it really was. And it just kind of left me like, eh, I don't know if I really like gambling. I understand the, the, the loonies, man. It's, it's, it's a rough thing when you lose the loonies. That is, that's true. But enjoy the sunshine. I know it's a little warmer in Vegas than it is in Chicago. So enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Get outside. Get a good run in and, uh, and track down yeah. more influential people that want to talk about the Bears. I will. I will do that. Yes, sir. And we'll do once once COVID's over. We'll do Texas Hold'em in my house. That'll work out great. That'd be that'd be phenomenal. Let's do that. All right, cool. That is Jason Leisure. He covers the Bears for the Sun Times. He's also one of the hosts of the Sports Adjacent podcast. We talk with him every week during the football season, and we love talking with him. When we come back, I want to play what happened at the Blackhawks Town Hall for those who didn't see it slash hear it so that you get an understanding of why the reaction to Rocky words and, and what he said last night was so severe. 
We'll do that next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now we're moving on. What more do I have to say? You want to keep asking the same question? You hear the same answer? Okay, ask the next question. Blackhawks took what was supposed to be a reintroduction of their franchise to their fan base in a town hall meeting and absolutely ruined it because Rocky Wirtz sounded like a man who was unhinged when he was asked fairly simple questions about how this franchise is going to approach protecting players going forward. I want you to hear both of the exchanges. We'll start with Mark Lazarus, who who covers hockey for a long time here, covering the Blackhawks and covers it for the Athletic and does a great job, wrote an incredible piece about, about the experience that happened last night. Here's his exchange. And keep in mind who he's asking the question to and who answers the question. I think much of what happened to Kyle Beach stemmed from a, a power imbalance between a coach and a player and the powerlessness of a player in that situation. So what are the Blackhawks doing? What have the Blackhawks done? What will the Blackhawks do to empower a player in a similar situation to make sure that doesn't happen again? I'm going to answer the question at the end. I think the report speaks for itself. The people that were involved are no longer here. We're not looking back at 2010. We're looking forward. And we're not gonna talk about 2010. I, I know, and I'm not either. And we're not gonna talk about what happened. We're moving forward. That is my answer. Now, what's your next question? I can pick up to what we are doing today. And I think no, I don't know. That's none of your business. That's none of your business. What we're going to do today is our business. I don't think it's any of your business. Because I don't think it's any of your business. You don't work for the company. If someone in the company asks that question, we'll answer it. And I think you should get on to the next subject. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now, we're moving on. What more do I have to say? You want to keep asking the same question? You hear the same answer? Okay, ask the next question. That was, the question was asked to Danny, and in there, you heard Danny try to fix this and explain what it is that the Blackhawks are doing. And the question was, what are the Hawks going to do to empower players? To make it so that they feel comfortable that this doesn't, this type of thing doesn't happen again, and that was your reaction. The idea of we're moving on and we're moving forward without a sufficient looking back. I, I don't know how you can. And this question wasn't about what happened to Kyle Beach. The question was about how to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else. The next part is Philip Thompson from Tribune. There's a couple reasons I want to play this. One, because it illustrates that Rocky didn't learn from the first encounter on this question. Two, this is a really good example of how two members of the media who work for different entities can actually work towards the same goal in holding... Speaking truth to power, holding people accountable, that just because 
someone in power is like, we're moving on, doesn't mean that the next person who speaks has to abide by that and and get off of the subject. This is Philip Thompson from the Tribune. A little mystified here because uh, during the general block briefing, uh, you guys talked about a change in culture and transparency and demonstrating the, the, the new culture and values um, that are going to protect players and protect the organization uh, in the future. And it seems like the, the second that we asked a question about that, um, it, it, it's met with resistance. So I'm going to ask it again. I answered it. No, I don't. I, I answered it. And I told you to get off the subject. You didn't I'm not gonna, We're not going to bring up the report. No, you I'm read not. It? We're not and, asking and about the report. We're I know, asking you're about, talking about what the, what the, what the report new... was talking about, and I told you we're, we're moving on. Now, we're I don't like these. I, I think you're out of line to ask this line future. of questions. Why don't you ask about something else? Why don't you ask about the GM? Okay, I will ask why don't you about... do something else? Okay, I why will ask about Why do you bring up old, old business? Some of the, some of the uh, season ticket holders that I've talked to said that um, they're having trouble maintaining value on their resale because you know, a lot of people. Is that paying, a fact? Are you, are you, I, I didn't I realize you're in our ticket part, department. Okay. What come I'm on. saying is. Well, come on. Could, Let's if, talk about all the negative stuff. When I talk about your negative. paper and, how, people, and, what, and what the sports page looks like, should I do that? No, these are dedicated. That you can't fans. even get our elite scores? Whole, Rocky, can I finish my, my question? They say they want to uh, hold on because they value the Blackhawks, but they want to defray some of the costs. You've seen that uh, attendance has been dipping. Uh, I want to ask why you think it's dipping and what can they do to maintain their value so when they renew a package, uh, they can defray some of their costs. That's a fair question. Yes, it is. So Jamie can answer that. All of the questions were fair. And you had the owner of the Blackhawks out there in front of his fan base speaking as if he was unhinged. When I retweeted it last night, I saw both versions I retweeted it. It, it was a, a universal condemnation by Blackhawks fans who were in my feed talking about it. It's ridiculous, and, and it does need to be pointed out, and it needs to be all of the things that Rocky did in the run-up to the championships as the front-facing, things are going to be different, I'm not my dad nonsense, I'm going to sit with fans – at games, all of it has been undone. It's been undone because he was either asleep at the wheel while all of this stuff was going on, according to the the Jenner and Block report. And another part, like another thing, it's my job to read that report. It's Philip's job. It's Mark's job. It's Dan's job to read that. I don't, I don't put it on the everyday Blackhawk fan to read that report. So I appreciate Mark and and Philip speaking to it so that the Blackhawks themselves can speak to the report and and what their approach is going to be going forward. But it just it, it was disheartening and it lacked empathy and quite honestly it lacked control. And I don't know how the Blackhawks this morning can look at the guy that owns their team and maybe they already know because they've already dealt with him and say this guy is in control it's an unfortunate thing that he is and he shouldn't be i'll talk with steve rosenblum about this coming up at 125 joe ostrowski joins me next here on the score tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Shot clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.